This is Tape Swap Radio. Hi everyone, we're Hairdo. Our first song is Business Acumen. is called Duplex.
This song is called Vultures. brown slime. Contaminate the water, blend up the beaver. Contaminate the 
Our guest today on Tape Swap Radio is Hairdo, and we have the members of the band Martha, Sydney, and Lee. Thank you for coming. Thank Thanks you for having us. us. And this is the first rooftop session we've done here on the Flatiron Building in South Bethlehem. So thank you for breaking in the roof here. <laughs> wow. Oh, sure, yeah. It was hot. So, Hairdo, if you had to give an elevator pitch and tell people what exactly is this band about, what would you say? Oh, boy. <laughs> what is it about? Uh, wackiness, weirdness, what? fun. We, we like to be funny. <laughs> yeah. And humor. funky, too. I think funny and funky are two good adjectives for what we're going for. Awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I should mention, Sydney, this is your second appearance on Tape Swap Radio. Yeah. You were drumming for Poor Luther's Bones when uh-huh. you, they played a shard session. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So uh, I know that Hairdo has some of its roots in Lehigh Valley Girls Rock. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, I did the Let's Rock camp last May, um, and that's when I first picked up an instrument. And Lee was um, like mentoring or volunteering. Um, and then I picked up, so that's how we met. And then I picked up bass shortly after that. Oh, awesome. So the let's rock camp, that's when adults come in and you pick up an instrument that you've never played and you form a band, right? Yeah. All all in one weekend. Seven, 72 hours. (laughs) But Martha played guitar for that. Yeah. I learned guitar and then I picked up bass last summer. (laughs) Awesome. So was hairdo the band that you formed at the camp? No, um, no, Sydney and I kind of formed that a couple months later. It's just like a like little... Like a week later, Okay, think, a yeah. little, like a little project at home. Yeah. Um, and then Lee came into it um, later in, like, November. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay, so it's great that you're keeping it going after the camp. Yeah. So what's your experience been like since you started the band? Have you been having it's a been, good time playing? It's been really yeah, it's blissful. Pretty we spend, positive. Yeah, yeah, we spend almost all our time together and uh, just trying to keep creative through all the chaos going on. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, we have a natural ability to just be able to sort of jam and you know turn whatever creativity comes naturally into songs, and that's kind of what a lot of our music is. Yeah. One of the things I love about you is you don't sound like a lot of the other bands that I've heard in this area or even <laughs> Philly or, you know, regionally even. So it's really refreshing to hear your music. <laughs> Thanks. What, what kind of bands do you listen to that influence you with this project here? Uh, yeah. We, uh, how much time do you have? Yeah, how much time do you have? <laughs> um, well, Martha and I have known each other for... 15 years and we always really bonded over like uh, English punk and post-punk stuff like Wire and Gang of Four and uh, The Fall and and stuff like that. Um, They're also both huge James Brown fans so really love (laughs) that sort of funk. We have like a huge record collection at home and we like stuff from all over the world and uh, a lot of funk and soul music um, and then the punk rock stuff too so I think that's kind of like what we try to marry a little bit but what else Martha likes like Primus and yeah Primus Oingo Oingo Boingo 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 Snake Finger like some kind of weird stuff wacky stuff but I don't know if anything's like an absolute direct uh, influence it's just a bunch of different but like we've known each other for so long I think that this is just like 
we've always loved all the same stuff and this just like what came out naturally okay are you based in Kutztown yeah we yep. live in Kutztown okay and so uh, Sydney and Martha did, did you grow up in that area uh, no we both uh, grew up in Allentown and then yeah. but both went to Kutztown University and then just stayed there oh okay. yeah <laughs> so speaking of playing in different areas. I know the first live show that you played was when we invited you to play at the Ice House. Yeah, yeah. that was a great show. And that was back in January uh-huh. of 2020. And that was actually the last show we were able to do. <laughs> Have oh, you done really? anything else live since then? Well, we uh, uh, we did uh, the goth prom after that. That was the Soft Guts Collective. It's like a DIY music collective. Um, that I'm a part of and we put on this uh, cover show which is like a goth themed prom so we did that we covered the B-52s um, and then we just did a, a live stream concert or show for uh, LVGR's Lady Fest so um, that was really nice that was just a few weekends ago um, and it was great to see all of our pals and you know Felicia and um, connect with them through social media that way but yeah and then we really haven't been able to do anything else but yeah, we did have a bunch of shows lined up but that you know because of corona they fell through but we're also we do have a tentative show coming up uh at the mahoning drive-in in lee Heighton. they have this uh thing called vhs fest and it's like they play obscure vhs movies and they always had bands play uh, like before the movies start. So if that still happens, we're going to be doing that, which is oh, awesome. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That. Well, that's cool. Uh-huh. So if there's n- not a lot of live stuff on the horizon, do you have any I- plans or ideas about recording your music, putting out an album? I, well, well, funny you should mention that. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're ready, I think. We got like eight songs that are ready to go, uh, just about. Um, so we're looking to record... Uh, we we're actually gonna ask you guys, Matt. If we could get you know <laughs> sure get together on yes. that. So oh, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, we're we're sort of we're ready. Yeah, we're ready to go. <laughs> that's that's where we are. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so hairdo, you're relatively new. I didn't ask this. Um, how long have you been actually playing in hairdo? Since I November. So. Yeah, November. Yeah, November. November. So like a little less than a year. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's cool. So in that time, is there any stories, any any memories that stand out playing with this band? <laughs> we do a lot of heavy snacking. Yeah, we do heavy snacking. Eating chips. Chips is a big a lot of chip uh, eating thing for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> heavy snacking, tennis, uh, walks. Um, yeah. Well, uh, up until recently, we just played in the garage behind our house so we would just sort of like come and go in and out of the garage like very informal kind of yeah it's always practicing fun. so like kind of <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's d- for, during this quarantine stuff we continued to play uh with each other maybe not always super productive but you know <laughs> it was nice to just, just hanging out and, and playing yeah, speaking of the whole quarantine coronavirus situation, what do you think? Do, are there any predictions about when you think music might come back? 
Uh, I think in the beginning it was like, you know, solid 18 months. So I'm going to say this time next year. Sorry, I, mean, I know. I just see I'm all the faces. I'm frowning. ready to go whenever <laughs> it happens, though. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. like, yeah. that'll yeah. be the best part about things getting better. Okay. And your, you, the garage you just mentioned that you're practicing at, that's in Kutztown, right? It is, yeah. We're moving, actually. So we're hoping we can get away with playing at our new place. But okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, all right. Is uh, anything. Anything you want to mention before we go? Oh. Uh, oh, I do have one question. So <laughs> sure. um, the the name hairdo, is there any story behind that? Or is um, that just kind of a name you I picked I came up? up with that, but I don't remember how. Yeah. I was just like, aha, that's good. <laughs> we had a bunch of good like runner-up names too, though. Yeah. Uh, I wanted us to be called Dinky Diamond, but no one else went for that. <laughs> uh but yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, Hairdo, we enjoyed having you. We end every interview with a pick from the band. Is there anybody that you ran across while you were playing live or a band that you'd like to give a shout out to? And we'll end the interview with a song from them. Um, yeah, actually, we knew you're going to ask us this. And we kind of talked about it. And we uh, are friends with this band called Bleeders. Um, they used to also live in Kutztown, but now they live in Reading. Um, but they are friends, and uh, if I had to pick a song, they just put out this live uh, recording of them doing Gates of Steel by Devo, which I know it's like not one of their songs, but it's an excellent, excellent cover. Uh, and they also have this song called like Hugh Hefner being tortured by she-devils or something. That, that's my second <laughs> choice. Okay. All right, that sounds awesome. So we enjoyed having you, Martha, Sydney, and Lee Hairdo. Thank you for thank coming. Thank you so much. Sure, thank, thank you, you so it was much. An honor. This is great.
Today on Tape Swap Radio, we are doing something a little different. We're talking to somebody who you are probably familiar with. It's Matt Mulchaney. From, Surprise. <laughs> from Shards. <laughs> Shards, also tape swap. And also also very involved, yes. (laughs) Thanks for having myself. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And we wanted to talk to you because it's been a while since we had you on the air, and you were absent from our most recent session Mm -hmm. with Hairdo. And we just wanted to check in. Uh, How's everything going with Shards? Are you up and running, first of all? Yeah, yeah, fully fully up and running. you opened like uh, about a month ago. Yeah. At this point in time. Yeah, yeah. and I kind of like slowly ramped it up. Uh, I did some test sessions with some people who were like a little more just relaxed sessions where it's just a solo person, okay. and we could take our time and just kind of like you know do some little free time too to do tests and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, I started like a little over a month ago and kind of rolled out a semi new setup and protocol and stuff like that because of COVID nineteen. Uh, it's been going well. I mean, after that first week and a half or two weeks where I was kind of keeping it to just like one or two people a week, I kind of just let it rip. And I've until last week been here like six days a week, which is a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of remote stuff that I did during COVID. So that crossed over into uh, my opening but I still had people coming in too. So I had to kind of balance both the remote stuff and like people being here. So it was like a different type of scheduling and everything I had to do. Were any of the things you started remote to then become in person or? Hmm. That's a good question. What did, did anything? Um, yeah, like something for the band shy pit, like they're coming back and like hugs they're both coming back, but oh, I, I did some hugs. mixing and stuff. I know, they're great. Yeah. Uh, I did some mixing and stuff for them, but they're coming in too because we still have more tracking to okay. do. But some of the songs were done, so like I did some of that with them, and then it you know, came back around, or will come back around. people that don't know, I guess, Hugs has roots here in the Valley, but they're also based in Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But pretty cool indie type band. Yeah, we I played with them at the Alternative Gallery The Benefit for Bradbury ago? Sullivan? I think Seven? so, yeah. Yeah, it's when we moved the show there because the Ice House was double booked. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Fun yeah. times. I think I filled in on drums <laughs> for him, too. Okay. <laughs> See, you could do it all. Uh, That's something that you do <laughs> during your recording too, right? You can play some drums and yeah, track yeah, like depending that. on what they need or whatever. Like um, the band Under the Clothesline, who relocated the core of it, I guess. Jesse moved to Portland. I've been playing drums on all, all their stuff recently. Oh, I didn't know Jesse relocated to Portland. That's interesting. Yeah, he's. Like, I still see Veronica sometimes. Um, who is the bassist? Mm-hmm. Is she still? No, no? I think okay. it's just like he and like his sister plays. Okay, on so some just stuff. like his. But like he's just yeah. been sending me stuff. I actually got it, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Like you, you can come back in. Then we'll do some more stuff." And he's like, "No, I don't live here anymore." <laughs> like, oh, this is from Portland. Okay. Yeah, I found that out too because there was some show that we were trying to book, and I reached out to Veronica, and they said, "Oh no, 
we're not a band anymore. Yeah. Or it's over on the West Coast. Yeah, now. it's on the it's West Coast. It's just him. And uh, yes, no position. Again, people that haven't heard of Under the Clothesline, really cool psych rock band, used to be here in the valley and spread out in different places of the valley, but now the one member has moved to Portland, so no more. Yeah, like that's one where they hit me up just to play drums, simply, and <laughs> at a far, which is, which is cool. Um, I got a handful of things like that during like the, the worst of uh, the initial COVID shutdown and everything like that, but that was the thing I played drums on. I was going to ask you like how how you were surviving through the beginning of all of this, which, you know, a lot of us were questioning, like, how we're going to pay our bills and, you know, how many times should I go to the grocery store? Yeah. And, you know. Should you even go to the grocery store? It's like, true, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I started off, I just kind of put it out there, like, anything. I did have two major projects that were, like, 16 to 18 song albums for people. So those I still had to finish, and then that, that actually like didn't take up the whole first month and a half, but like a good deal of my time was wrapping up those albums, you know, sending it, waiting a week or a couple of days, getting all the mixed notes from everybody and stuff like that. But a month and a half, maybe closer to two months, I finished up two big mixing projects, and like that helped me out, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's thirty songs right there, and then. I was throwing up drums for "Pay What You Want" on Bandcamp like every couple of weeks. Um, that went pretty well, actually. I was surprised, like, how many people would actually yeah, throw great. some money for and that I'd... stuff. Like, that was a huge help. So thank you, anybody listening, if you uh, use my drums for any reason. Uh, that was really sweet of you to do that. Um, and then I got some random mix projects here and there, and then some random mastering projects here and there, and it all just kind of kept flowing in. And it got to a point where it was like I was working at, like, a third as much as usual or something like that, but that was enough to kind of, like, at least survive. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of people with having all this time on their hands that were putting more of their energy into music projects as well. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you experienced that or someone's like, oh, I finally have time to like do this thing that I was thinking about doing for like years. Yeah. I think there was, there was somebody who it was like, I never met him actually, which is like the I've only done that a handful of times. I'm usually kind of really hands on and like, like to be around people and like feel everything out. But it was somebody who like, I never met in person they're not even on social media, so I can't stalk them or anything to know what their deal <laughs> is. Uh, they just sent me, like, electro trancy, cool, weirdo electro music tracks to uh, mix. Like, and it was, like, their baby. It was the first time they ever, like, did something like that, and they finally finished it up, and they sent it to me to work on it. I was pretty stoked. It was kind of cool to, like, do that and it be completely from afar and, and like... It's funny, it's like having someone at a distance like that and like kind of telling you like this is my baby, it feels even more like, it feels even more like important in a weird way. Like if you're together and you're close to each other, you can kind of like bat stuff back and forth and you know you can always get together and just get yeah, together exactly. and interact and feel each other out and figure it out. But this was kind of like, I really gotta like, I don't wanna completely go to left field with this and it like 
off put the person and he, like, I don't know. Imagine getting a mix back of your like your heart and soul musically and it sounds like total trash. Like, and, oh like, God. It, you t- this wasn't totally what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> someone totally <laughs> doesn't get it. And then you might think like, do I make trash? Like, is it, is this unmixable? Am I terrible at this? Like, I just like worried about stuff like that. Cause they weren't here. Like all we could do is email back and forth pretty much. So it was kind of intense actually. Yeah. It's, I'm sure it's like complicated situation. And yeah. I, I, I'm very, um, I'm proud of how creative people have been through all of this and like how they're, they're getting by and like things they're doing to get by, especially some of our like local businesses, like lit, particular was one of them or like you know they're doing um selling food that you could drop off at your house and I mean, this was mm-hmm. very early on but mm-hmm. i'm just you know you just have to get creative in hard times unfortunately um, yeah but it brought out like the good in people yeah, at least absolutely. in the beginning before you got so bored that you would like wormhole on social media and get angry and stuff like that but <laughs> at first a lot of people seemed to be coming together it was it was actually kind of cool to see what would happen like locally like that yeah, for people that don't know, how long have you been here at Shards recording? I've been full-time for just about five years. There was a kind of gray area, but like about five years. It's was coming years. upon five years full-time. Um, I had part-time recorded out of here since like 2008, so I've had the building for 11 years or more, Okay, basically. Um, and we've been doing tape swap for about seven years yeah, now. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. I didn't know it had been that long. I should probably know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, well, it's uh, it's going good. Yeah, those early sessions were very different. The, the room looks very different here. Yeah, you've seen, like, the, you've seen everything completely change here, the complete morph. So I what, feel like it's changed so much just in the past, like, four years. Yeah, definitely. The layout and everything. It's awesome. It's yeah. Like, I mean, it's so it's, comfortable. It's, it's always, you know, trying to accommodate everybody that's here no matter what. So, like... Whatever, whatever the whatever the mixed bag of people that are here or their needs, like it just works with that somehow. Like whether it's more recording or it's more rehearsals and bands and stuff like that or less. Like now there's about to only be three bands here. Okay, that's like the least it's ever been since I got the place. Uh, it always just tries to like make it make a space for everybody, no matter what. When you say three bands, you mean practicing? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're shooting to start band practices here uh, beginning of September. Okay. So possibly next week. Um, oh, yeah, it's Gina almost goes. September. Yeah, I know, right? Concept of time has uh, <laughs> kind of gone out the window. Thank so God. I forget it's... it's like not April still. <laughs> yeah. Um. April, August, you know, they both start with an A. It's TGI, yeah. whatever it is. So the services that you offer here, speaking of, you have the band practices. What else are you doing here? And like that's kind of like a lockout thing where it's all people I know pretty well that have been here in some form or some like transitive way for a really long time. Um, so that's not like it's like a rehearsal facility or something like that. It's kind of like a, a hive like collective ish kind of thing. Um, but beyond that, uh, what I do offer like on the commercial side is recording, mixing, mastering, uh, anything from tracking here to using here to do some overdubs or do some drums here, then go home and do some other stuff and bring it back and mix kind of, any version of all of that kind of stuff. I also like been finding, I like writing like little string arrangements for things here and there, which is fun. Well, that's fun. I've I got never... some software that's like <laughs> uh, really great for that. And uh, that's been cool. But yeah, all that kind of stuff. And like I've been doing like um, little consulting kind of things where like I'll do like a, a Zoom with somebody and help them talk about their setup and that kind of stuff. 
it's been cool, like a funny little side thing that's still very related to what I do, like helping people get the most out of what they have instead of like feeling like you need to just buy some expensive shit to like, oops. Yeah, so you're just exploring more outlets with the knowledge that you mm-hmm. have which, and sharing that, which is really awesome. Yeah, it's funny, like the first couple weeks, like I, I started fitting in time to like go on Reddit and just like, oh, there's a whole bunch of questions that, like, kids are asking about stuff. And I just started, like, going wild and, like, just answering stuff. I was like, this is my opinion, but in my, in my life, in my work, this is what I found works with this. And it was, like, really cool. I started getting, like, DMs from people, like, yo, can you talk more about this? And, like, what do you think about this software and this and whatever? And it was fun. Just doing that for the sake of doing it was, was awesome. Like, that's my, that's my bag. I love, I love, like, the educational side of things, too. It's ah. cool to get to do that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Do you think you might like uh, expand upon that in the future in some way? I'd like to. I I had this like uh, kind of loose plan with the library to do uh, one Thursday a month. I have this plan already, obviously. Like a Thursday a month at the yeah. library. <laughs> I wanted to work with some of the different um, companies around here that uh, work with people with mental illness and get whoever wants to sign up and amazing. come here as an activity. And just come to Studio 11 and learn how to, like, record themselves, try and track a thing. Um, if they like how it goes, they can sign up whenever they want without me there or whatever. But I kind of wanted to do something like that where I'm teaching people with mental illness. And you're talking about the Bethlehem Public Library? Yeah, yeah, the library Studio 11. Yeah. That was, like, the one thing I thought could be cool. I don't really know what else to do. <laughs> yeah, it's also a really awesome space. I'm so glad that they decided to work with you and let you have that space because I know, like, the Girls Rock Camp. The mm-hmm. Valley Girls Art Campus utilized that. Um, I don't know if you had any other projects you were working on there that you want to mention. Uh, I did a, I mixed a Poor Luther's Bones album there. Okay. Because uh, if they had Logic and I didn't, so I was like, let's go to the library. <laughs> it's cool. Another it's band we, we've done a session with. Yeah, yeah. Go look that up. It's amazing and weird and awesome. Yeah, it's great. Did you hear that one too? It, like, it's Garth just on his own with like some record samples and stuff like that and speaking over it and like well, I heard some of, singing. I heard a very long piece he did called The Hat. Is that one of them? The Hat wasn't on that. Okay. Or it wasn't a part of the release. I know he's been releasing yeah, some yeah, it's, stuff it's, like that. Yeah, it was that. cool. I mean, it was like him and just samples and like all kinds of stuff just jammed together in a very Garth kind of way, but it like it turned out awesome. Abstract. Off the map, ain't no trap. Take a shiny old fat. Trash, trash, trash. Shake your janky ass. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a cool thing I got to do there. I didn't do much else there myself. I kind of like help some people get started here and there and then just kind of let it go. Kind of like to see people get in there, get a foundation and then kind of like see what happens when you let it, let it go. Just like let it, let it, you know, run itself basically. Well, that was one of the projects that you really helped the Bethlehem library get up and going, the studio 11. Mm-hmm. So that's a public recording studio basically. Yeah, it's free public use. Like, Which is like, I don't even know if I'm not aware of that being a thing in, it's not that much of a thing. There's like two, two that I know of that seem pretty de- decently uh, promoted by their library. Okay. Um, I think there's one in, it's like Brooklyn and Seattle or something like that. Um, there's a few that? around the country, but not yeah, many. Yeah, there's not Look a lot. Look at Bethlehem. I know, yeah. right? I was psyched about Hell that at yeah. first. I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
Beat you to it, whoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, bringing it back to shards, you've been going for about five years now, full time. Mm-hmm. What are some of the albums or recordings that you're most proud of that you've worked on? The two tile releases. I feel like we really caught like something about like this area in those, or maybe like an older time in this area that like is going to be gone soon. It's I can kind of feel it fading and everything. like a little bit of the 90s and the 2000s punk scene just kind of like screaming out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they didn't sound necessarily directly like anything from then, but I just feel like them as people and like kind of their lives and like... And like energy from the band too. It reminds me of going to like Cafe Metropolis and Homebase and Wilkes Bear when I was 16. Yeah, exactly. There was always so many people and just like it's... I don't want to say the scene's... The scene's changed. Yeah, it'll, it'll change. It yeah. will never be that again, but yes. I think I got to capture something that was kind of like a, a hologram of, of old days of the, of the punk scene, kind of. Because a little bit of that, that is in there, I think. So I was really, really happy with those albums. I think we, like, we got it. And you're talking about Tile, Lehigh Valley Hardcore Band, and we did a rooftop session with them. Mm-hmm. So go check that out. If you haven't heard it, go check out their albums, Yeah, check too. out all the releases. It's all, it's all good stuff. Super fun, guys. Mm-hmm. Hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and of course, we brought Mikey from Thailand to do Life is a Highway. <laughs> oh, God. A- or um, not acapella, but um, what, what do you call it? Karaoke. Karaoke version, yeah. I, um... Another thing. Go check that out online. <laughs> it's on our website and YouTube page. There's definitely been a few nights... Um, because you know we would get drinks at Joe's together sometimes, and I'm just like, all right, how many times can you play Life Is a Highway? Because <laughs> I'm a little over it. And it was always the Rascal Flats version. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yes, of course. And I was like, come on, Dumoff. Uh, that's so great. <laughs> all right, so yeah, you you've done a lot of different uh, styles of music too, right? You've done hardcore. You've done more like indie stuff, melodic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done like pop rock, so you're pretty versatile in what you can work on, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of more like it's all people with a vision coming to me, you know what I mean? And I just want to help them see it through. So like, no matter what, if someone's kind of given me like their best and they're trying and they're being honest with themselves, like I'll connect with it and like we'll make the best of it, no matter what. So I'm I'm curious about this though, when the lockdown announcement happened and everybody, you know couldn't, you know, stay at home orders were issued. What was going through your head? Were you thinking, oh no, like how am I going to keep going with shards? Well, I didn't doubt that like it'd be tough, but I kind of figured that even if it slowed down that on the, the back end of everything on the other side, that it would probably be ridiculously busy and would kind of make up for 
that time. Uh, it was definitely worrisome. I mean, I kind of worried about other people a little more too. Like I was like, I know I can, I'll get some kind of something, but I kind of thought of like people who have bigger overheads than me and like how like devastating that could be to them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I kind of like felt like other people were in worse spots <laughs> at that time. You know what I mean? And like I, like I said, I still had that stuff that was like not paid for yet that I like still had to work on over the whole first two months, I guess. So I was kind of like, okay, I'll be okay. As long as I get through the first couple months, I'm sure like stuff will pick up and people will do some remote stuff and that kind of thing. But definitely uh, it made me think like, what else can I do out of here? Which is why I started to just like to, you know, start talking to people about recording online, stuff like that. Like, I just figured I'm going to keep doing what I like to do and like stay busy with it no matter what, even if it's not paying the bills and like something will come of it. You know what I mean? Even if I just made the time better, like the drum beats, I didn't want money for them. You know what I mean? I just kind of hoped like someone connected to it and like had something to do. Yeah, as <laughs> a project this. to work on for a little while. Yeah, like it's at, at very least like feel connected to other people. And that made me feel, it does, it does, the biggest reward with that is knowing that someone used it and like, there's that like kind of interaction there that kind of like in a way personal interaction like I, the beats I made I just like kind of made them up I it wasn't like I played some out of a book beat it was something that I kind of like oh this is kind of a neat take on this or whatever and I like you know screwed with them made them sound kind of cool and weird and whatever and like to know that connected to somebody made me feel like I'm connected to something and not feel so isolated in all of this which um, is a very big part especially in the beginning of just being like, yeah okay, it's I live in my house and this is what I do. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it still feels weird. I still feel like we're all just kind of like, hi. Oh, a human. Oh my God. Um. Uh, you're a human. <laughs> well, Me that, too. That's funny. That was going to be my next question. Now that we're slowly moving towards normal, but we're not really there yet. What's going through your head right now? Are you relieved? Are you still anxious? What's, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm definitely anxious that we're going to have another wave and it's going to feel rough again. You know what I mean? But I think we'll get through it just like we did the first time as long as we all kind of, like, help each other out, you know? And, like, seeing that through most of the last one, like, knowing that we did, most part, get through it, helping each other out and, like, being there for each other and stuff, I know we can do it again. It's, it's I'm, like, not as worried. I just don't look forward to that feeling again. It's weird. It's, like, a big, long, like, sick day. <laughs> <laughs> that Shames everybody... and I both like inhaled at the same time right after you said like, oh that feeling yes I yeah do, that I feeling you remember that, that? yes <laughs> yes we know what that is yeah. yeah I know there's like a lot of financial protection plans in act for like, more so like restaurants and, and stuff of that nature but it is have you found any sort of <laughs> programs for like, someone sent me something and I was like I don't know if I like quite fit with it or whatever. I don't know a lot about that. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, there's probably like independent ones out there. Like the, for sole proprietors and yes, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Cause I didn't, I, w- I wanted to incorporate like a year before, but our, we got slammed on taxes. We were supposed to get money back for taxes, but we actually owed money on taxes because of the tax cuts, even though both uh, my girlfriend April and I aren't making a ton of money. We somehow owed more than we ever have in the last eight years. Uh, so I didn't incorporate, so I'm only a sole proprietor, which I think limits, like, what you can do, really. Okay. 
And yeah. honestly, I, like I had that stuff to do the first two months, and then after that, I started getting these little things that were all like adding up, and people were throwing money for beats, and I was kind of like, I'm just gonna just keep just focusing on yeah. this. Yeah, like I didn't like spending like a week calling people to get an extra $400 every couple of weeks or something like that, like wasn't worth it. I'd rather like fix my computer or like we did a bunch of renovations and stuff like that. So I just dove in and did as much stuff as I could like that instead of really caring about that kind of thing. And then like, I'm sure some people are not in a position where they cannot just worry about that. You know what I mean? Like I was really lucky that I came into this with a solid, you know, six weeks of work, you know what I mean? Like where I could, you know, could do a bunch of mixing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But no, I didn't like dig too far into that. I just kind of like kept my head down and kept just doing stuff. I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> Free money. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's good that you had that that work lined up mm-hmm. basically. No, I feel really like really lucky. And like people also like were really generous with what they threw for beats. Like they would download literally like 30 seconds worth of, of me playing drums and throw me like 20 bucks for that, which is like ridiculous. And like this happened a bunch and that adds up pretty fast. You know, it was really cool. I still feel super grateful and really, really great about that. You know, that's what I love about the Valley. You know, people will come and support local businesses, mm-hmm. local bands, artists, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that's- definitely nice having this like tight knit mm-hmm. um, group of creative folks around, um, that's probably why I've stayed here so long. So yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's always felt great like that. Like, it was, uh, you know, it has its ups and downs and, like, it's, it's rough spots and dark patches and, like, weird stuff. But, like, it always felt like um, like this kind of, like, something that transcended, like, being cool and doing music to be cool or something like that, like you'll find in bigger cities. It was kind of like people were doing it because it's like what they care about or if they don't, they'll go bonkers, but they all care that everyone's getting to do that and to be themselves and to feel like a, you know, realize who they are. You know what I mean? Like it's part of like your self actualization or something like that. And maybe everyone's not thinking that deeply into it, but I feel like some little bit of that's there. And like, that's what we've always kind of had here. That's why I stayed. I mean, I've been here like 11 years or more now and, um, every time I stopped here when I used to live out west, I, I was always kind of smitten with it. Like, I always felt like I found something really real here. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, after touring a bunch and stuff like that, too. Found a couple other pockets that reminded me of here. Like, um, you did an interview with Tim Bauer from uh, Indiana. Yes. He, I knew you were going to say Indiana. I don't know why. Yeah. I just had this, like... <laughs> yeah, um, Michigan City, Indiana. Yeah. Not Michigan, yeah. but Indiana. <laughs> that gets everybody, except for if you're from there. Yeah. But, yeah, Michigan City, Indiana. Uh, Laporte, Valparaiso. It's all, like, an hour or so outside of Chicago. It's actually considered Chicagoland. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, whenever we to- went on tour with my old band, like, we would hit that area, and I felt like I was, like, kind of back here or something. I had this nice, like, tight-knit thing, and those people all still do st- like a lot of the people I met there still do stuff and Tim threw that big festival that year with like Broken Bells and all that stuff mm-hmm. and uh, Beach Bunny who blew up since then oh wow yeah. I didn't know they they played that yeah. Broken Bells and Beach Bunny yeah wow. yeah but yeah good for him I, I always kind of found that in other a couple small other places like that and I just I don't know it's, it's nice to find those little pockets of like you know very inclusive mm-hmm. and supportive and 
just let people try things they want to do mm-hmm. and be themselves. Which exactly. I mean, that's what it really comes down to, I think. Like, that freedom to just be yourself that you get in a place like this. All right. Do you have any, like, crazy, weird uh, stories about doing, like, sessions here or recordings? Like, anything, like, bizarre that happened or oh, know, something to throw out there? See, I'm not, like, too off-put by things. Like, <laughs> this dude James... I, I, you know, actually, I thought about this today. This dude James, who... We've almost been working together for, like, a year and a quarter now. Like, almost every Tuesday. Off and on, but just about every, every Tuesday. He wears a mask every time he's here. And, like, pre-COVID, wore a mask every time he's here. And he puts on a mask whenever he's here over his mask. He was ahead of the times. Yeah. Well, right. this only covered, this actually was the opposite of what you need. It just covers like, oh, your eyes. You. But he kind of shows up in a mask every time. Like, he puts it on, like, before he comes through the door. Like costume mask? Yeah. <laughs> just kind of like a weird, <laughs> a weird little mask. And it's kind of just like, oh, here's James. Just a part of him. He's, come, yeah. he's here now. <laughs> We're going to work on some stuff. But, like, stuff doesn't phase me like that. I don't know, like... I think some wild stuff that happened here. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really, nothing really phase, makes me th- feel like it's that weird or anything like that. <laughs> well, people can go back and check out the shard session that we did for tape swap with a band called walking distance. And the band was, I mean, that was a, there's lots of that kind yeah. of night has happened here. The, the band was enjoying some adult beverages. And, and some, like, Adderall I've, and other stuff. Some yeah. other intoxicants. And, I've heard a few stories of... Uh, you know, I think they were tripping on mushrooms or one of yeah, them Yeah, they, they drove up from Philly while tripping, got here, started drinking, and then took Adderall to make sure that they, like, were gliding by the time they got in the here. balancing act of <laughs> yeah. substances. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, like, a drug, drug-fueled thing for sure. That was a pretty funny one. <laughs> I don't know, like, we, we recorded some hugs with Mikey in a, like, a leather dog mask already. <laughs> and, like, someone will show up with something like that, and I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, that, that's just not... It's like, not phased, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just a little, like, cool. spice. A little salt on the, on the day. A little, I think a little spicy. I did, like, have uh, my security camera on. I, I turned it on. Because Ray was doing vocals out there or something, and like the image that I saw was him with his shirt off, like angry, like whipping himself with his belt. Ray from Tile. Tile, yeah. Slash Bad American. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, was a pretty good one. <laughs> I think at the end of that, he wrapped himself in Christmas lights too. Again, all in good fun. <laughs> I'm right here to help you do that. That's you need to get pushed to that Christmas point. Christmas lights like, provided. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got spares. That's what a good producer's for. <laughs> You've got to roll with the punches. you got to make them comfortable, right? Yeah, just make sure you know, your leather's all oiled up and ready to go. <laughs> all right. So something I'm curious about, you mentioned that you were doing the drum tracking. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that has sort of kept you sane and grounded throughout this whole confusing time? I mean, besides just being able to come here, because I have to say that, like, I would be in a rough place if I couldn't come to this very big room (laughs) for little me. Like, that, more than anything, probably helped me, like, not lose it this whole time. But uh, I think I never walked so much of the DNL trail (laughs) with Mm -hmm. April and our dogs. Mm -hmm. Uh, We escaped, like, at some points we would go 
like every t- day or two, we would go to some other part of like a trail or something like that and just I- explore or go on bikes or something like that. So I spent a ton of time doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helped a ton. And uh, I feel like everyone's dogs are just like, yes, this is around the all the time. And <laughs> it is a good time for yeah. dogs. It's a great time for dogs. <laughs> I mean, there's no bad time for dogs. I think it's Nas- National Dog Day, International it Dog Day. It is National Dog like Day. Shout out to Atticus and Pop-Pop, <laughs> my dogs. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Pop. Mm. Each other own voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, seriously, just getting, getting outside, getting some exercise. Um, talk to my parents a lot more than I ever have, and it's actually nice <laughs> to, like, talk to people that you sometimes fit it in like at the ass end of a day or like uh, in between recordings or something like that here. Like it was nice to like talk to friends who I haven't talked to in a while or like get to just talk on the phone for yes. a while. I definitely like recreated, but recreated, reconnected with um, a few old friends that like I, you know, we, nothing had happened. I just mm-hmm. didn't talk to them regularly. And yeah, I found time. myself like, Mm-hmm. Once a week, sometimes twice a week, yeah. talking to friends from college, um, That's which is really nice. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I found myself doing some of that, too. I don't know if you have, too, or but you got to talk to some old friends, which is cool. Uh, I got to talk to my parents, which is great. Uh, even people who I recorded a while ago just wanted to see how I was doing with the whole thing, which is which actually yeah, really It touching. was nice, like, people, like, reaching out, just being like, hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's right. I, like... I need help sometimes. <laughs> well, I definitely made an effort to reach out to some people that I hadn't talked to in a while just because yeah. I knew it was a crazy Weird time. time. Yeah. And it's important to let, you know, your friends know that you're there. You're there. Yeah. Yeah. That so was it was like initially like, you know, it was like two weeks and we're like, okay, like this is fun. We could do this. And then it was like, okay, now no, it's <laughs> a month, yeah. two months. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so looking to the future, this is the big question I ask everybody. What do you think the live music scene is going to look like coming up? When do you think things will get back to semi-normal? I have no idea when. Um, that's a matter of like how partially like how governments approach it. I think like the people in the kind of DIY punk scene community uh, are pretty thoughtful and they're going to just ride this out uh, for quite a while. Um, it's, it's really hard to say. I would take a wild guess that next summer, maybe some like outdoorsy, very sh- social yeah. distanced kind of shows might happen. I was thinking the same thing. It's like, it's probably only going to be outdoor stuff when it does happen for a yeah. while. Um, like, and I, I kind of think it'd be cool to find creative because we're all going to parks and stuff like that. We're going outside. Uh, this is actually turning into a brainstorming session for tape swap now, but like <laughs> this is what we do, little yeah. flash shows and stuff like that that happen outside where it can be distanced and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe just having like a band as yep. opposed just to just like f- just a band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, use your um, your your streaming presence to build it up to the point where you actually have like a set amount of people who will pledge to go to something, and then make it worth more worthwhile to actually put the effort of throwing a show when it's time to throw a show too. We could even string some together that are in different locations. So yeah. you could have like one band play outside of the library with a few amount of guests and then them streaming and then it would connect to With how spread out everything is here, that, yeah. that'd be perfect. Like I'm sure there's people from like outside Allentown who don't want to drive to the library to see a show. But, but lots of people there. will walk yeah. down here. Yeah. Just thought of it. I don't know. That's great. <laughs> yeah. 
Here we go. Here we go. Let's see if it works. It's wonderful. I like so let's it. keep that in mind. I'll put a I'll put a notification in my phone for to, for March next year to start thinking about when it's warm again once yeah. it gets cold again. Yeah. But yeah, that's I mean my best guess would be outdoor stuff starting once it's warm next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe, depending mm-hmm. on how the the winter goes and everything. Okay. But. All right. Anything else that you want to mention? Uh, yeah. I was thinking about this, and we kind of like briefly touched on it, but um, I was thinking about how we a lot of people feel like they realize that there's so much more that we can do remotely now, which is true in a lot of cases, but uh, definitely for myself and the people I work with, like the the feedback is and my personal experience is so far nothing has been as rewarding for all of us as us, even in this weird stripped down way with masks on and at a distance and all that stuff. Like nothing has been as rewarding as getting together and like interacting and sharing ideas and like shooting the shit and like hanging out and like being humans close to each other and stuff like that and talking through things and talking through issues and talking through politics and all of that stuff. Uh, This whole time, like all the remote stuff was cool, but like, I haven't felt as good as I felt when I was here with people again. And I, I am picking up from them that they feel the same way. So as much as like the remote thing can be convenient in a lot of ways, I think that there are certain things that uh, the human touch is definitely lost on. So try and remember that if you can like get out there and see your friends or do something with somebody or opt to go to a meeting. I know sometimes meetings are the worst thing in the world, but like, you might want to go and like dip your toes in humanity again a little bit because it's good for you. Good advice. That's that. It definitely feels better seeing like a few people, even if it is from a distance, but it's like, Oh, like Mm -hmm. at least you're in the same yard as me and I could make eye contact with Mm -hmm. you. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely, you you know, body language, you're saying lots of stuff with that. Like I'm sure conversations like, are steered by that. And like, you can feel someone's excitement, at least me, because I'll start like, yeah, talking with my hands and everything. Like, I think that's like a, that's a huge part of like being a person, you know, Mm -hmm. that like that nonverbal communication too. And we need all of that. So get it, get it while you can. We'll get back. eventually. Yeah, we will. All right. Well, Matt, as you know, is part of TapeSwap, but he also runs Shard's recording studio in South Bethlehem. So thanks for taking time to talk about your recording studio and your life. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Seamus. That's Maggie. Hi. (laughs) Miss everybody. Miss you guys. Miss you guys. I want to give you hugs eventually. One day. We're all hugging you right now. Yes. It's a virtual. Virtual hug. (laughs) Aw. That was sweet.